The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Welcome to Intuitive Connection, where spirituality and psychology meet to help you be your best and brightest self. I'm your host, Victoria Shaw, and in each episode, I'll help you to awaken your own inner wisdom, step into your power, and live a more divinely inspired life. You're here to let your inner light shine. Are you ready? Let's do this. So hello and welcome to Intuitive Connection. Today, I'm really excited because we have a guest, um, one that was brought to me or connected. <laughs> the connection was was my beloved new BFF, Lisa McCourt and DDA Sylvain. Oh, I didn't say it right. See, I'm going to say <laughs> Sylvain. I'm going like American. And anyone who listens to the show regularly knows I can't even pronounce things that I know how to pronounce. And I actually am married to a Frenchman. And I actually probably, if I wasn't nervous, could pronounce your last name. But <laughs> <laughs> say it for the audience because it's so pretty in French. So the name is Didier Sylvain. That's the French name. Right. And my people are Haitian. That's why I have ah. the French name. So French via colonization. <laughs> yeah, got it. So I'm really excited to have DDA here today. He is a leadership trainer and life alignment coach and just a beautiful energy as I, as I connect with him this morning for the very first time. And I wanted DDA today to chat a little bit about alignment and what that means to you, what it means to be aligned with life and anything else that you do. So that's where I wanted to start. And that's the conversation. So welcome. Awesome. Victoria, thank you so much. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Appreciate the invitation and yeah, happy to have an exploratory conversation. It's also a pleasure just to um, be in a space where we can allow all of our faculties and gifts to guide a conversation, um, including the intuitive one. So I welcome that. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. That's the only thing I know how to do. Yeah. So alignment to me means a lot of things. But when I think about life alignment and what my work really stands for, it is about supporting people to build their capacity for a different kind of listening, a kind of listening with life as it unfolds, um, to partner with life, to partner with their own capacity to be in choice, rather than coming from default patterns or trauma responses. When I talk about life alignment, I'm really talking about self-leadership, how we lead our own lives from a place of conscious choice um, towards a vision of what compels us to wake up in the morning and to give our greatest gifts to the world. Those are some of the ways I start to think about the ongoing work of life alignment. I love that. And I think too that so many people live their lives, right? From those reactions, from those trauma responses and trauma can be anything, right? Trauma can be really terrible things that happen to you or trauma can be little things like just, I, I think of trauma as anytime the world doesn't reflect back our light to us and it hurts a little bit or a lot and we get dinged and bruised in the process of our beautiful spirits coming to earth that doesn't always match our divine glory. That's the word that comes through. What does trauma mean to you? Yeah, some of the ways that I think about it are, um, I mean, there's so many different ways, but most simply, I'd say a frozen imprint of history that prevents the possibility of fluid choice. <laughs> oh, man, that's beautiful. And so whenever there's some type of uh, experience, whether it's lived and or inherited, sometimes these things are ancestral and multi-generational, of course. And so 
whenever it forms some type of imprint in ourselves, in our bodies, where there's something dense and stuck, and just whether it's a uh, pattern of thought, whether it's expressed through a pattern of behavior or expressed through a pattern of emotion, some denseness, <laughs> some, right. some stuckness. And we get to look at that. I mean, the body, ourselves, it seems, want flow, like want movement, want choice. And so trauma sometimes, uh, one way that I understand it is something that prevents that flow, you know, um, and we get to care for it to expand more choicefulness. Beautiful. And so I think what I hear you saying is the way that our trauma impacts our life is that it limits our choices. That's one way it can. Right. Um, I, I mean, it may also enable our choices. I mean, there's a way to relate to trauma from a generative place too. Um, like there's some folks I work with who very clearly can acknowledge past experiences of pain or wounding or trauma, be it racialized or not. And that has created a sense of charge or commitment to something new that enables their vision, right? Someone experienced something traumatic and today they stand for courage. Today they stand for joy. Today they stand for authenticity. And so there's an enabling posture. There's a generative posture that one can have with history or there's one that might not be as enabling. So we get to ask, like, however I'm relating to my trauma, is this posture, is this perspective helping me or harming me? Okay. And how do you help people shift? Because I think, and I want to hear what you think about this, but in my experience, a lot of us have these experiences, whether they're intergenerational, whether they're experiences that you've had in your personal life, whether you've gotten it, you know, from watching others, it doesn't really matter. But we have these experiences that kind of become our imprinting and they become our wounded way of understanding the world or relating to the world. And I think a lot of people live in that wounded place where um, I don't think anyone's really wounded personally, but they live as if they are in that wounded place in those wounds. Um, and a lot of life, I think, is not choiceful, to use your words. I think it's very unconscious. We just simply react to what happened before, to where we're hurting, and we have these sort of automatic responses. It feels to me from what you're saying that choicefulness is where you become a little more conscious and you make more empowered choices based on your experiences. And maybe even I might venture to say, you live a little bit more in the now. Yeah, I'd say that for sure. Live in the now and also in the emerging future, which is yeah. the same thing. I, I find that when we are coming from a place of commitment, like a conscious commitment, what do you stand for? Like what's some, what experience are you committed to awakening for yourself and for the people around you? What, what keeps you guided? What's your vision for the world you'd like to inhabit and or co-create? Those questions with which some folks may find supernatural familiar, others maybe they seem more of a stretch or intimidating. Framing them as leadership questions might seem natural or familiar, or it might seem intimidating. Those questions are ones that take us into a creative place. And to the question, how does one not be reactive and, and unconscious their entire waking days? I would say we can start with those questions, right? right. Those creative questions. Um, and we get to do it continually over and over and over again, including after we fall off or we lose our way or the pressures of the status quo seduce us. We get to return to the question of what we stand for, what keeps us guided, what's our vision for what we'd like to create for ourselves in the world. I love that. So many people come to me 
And I think my, my client base and demographic might be a little different than yours, but so many people come to me wanting to know their purpose, right? You know, as if I can tell them, but people, I think we all have this innate sense that there is something that we are here to do. Um, or a variety of things that we're here to do. We're looking kind of for that guiding force, that guiding principle of like, okay, how do how do I align with my life, and how do I, um, I think, be of service to myself and to the world? Does that play into your work at all? I mean, it sounds like it does. Yeah, it definitely it definitely does. And sometimes purpose can be such a charged word for a lot of the folks I work with because it's some kind of daunting, abstract, sometimes seemingly disembodied like place of arrival. Okay. And I find that that sometimes seems less supportive for people than having a conscious relationship with their potential or having a conscious relationship with when I, and when I say that word, which is another buzzword um, I'm talking about. So there's an infinite field of possibility that we're swimming in. Right. And we get to be in relationship with that creatively in any way that in, in whatever way that we like. For some people that might seem less resourceful than the idea of purpose. Some people are like, DDA, all oh, that potential, that sounds more intimidating than purpose. <laughs> um, well, well, I, I'm just offering that for folks who might find potentiality and possibility as more resourceful. Um, I also talk about assignments, you know, that we have assignments that we're here to live out. And um, sometimes that's supportive for folks because it suggests something that's given um, it suggests something that's uh, action-oriented. Um, right. It suggests something that might be more embodied than something like purpose, maybe. Um, so this is just language, different entry points for folks to look at yeah, what compels them. Absolutely. And I always say, like, you want to find the words that resonate with you and the teachers that resonate with you, because we're going to use our words the way that they resonate with us. And I always think about I don't know if you've ever done yoga, but I've been practicing yoga now for, oh my gosh, almost 30 years. Awesome. But I remember when I first started practicing, noticing that, you know, teachers would say, you know, when you do that forward bend, pull up the skin on your knees or, you know, do this, do that. And then one person would say it in a way that it would click. And I'd be like, oh, I get it now. I've heard 10 people say this, but when you say it, I know you're my teacher. And it's not just yoga, right? So I think words are deeply personal and you have to feel into them. And I can totally see why for a lot of people, purpose is a little bit of a word that's been a little co-opted and it can feel really heavy and feel like, you know, purpose driven. So I, I totally can see your perspective. I haven't before because for me, purpose has always been a really, really clean and beautiful word. But yeah, I don't get hung up on the verbiage. I just uh, invite people to, to see what resonates with them. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, but I do like the distinction that you're making too. And I want to bring my brain back to that because I had another question specifically on what you were saying. I, I love the idea of potential because I think everything comes from that space of pure potential. I think you and I are created from that space of potentiality. And I think, you know, intuition comes from there, creation comes from there, everything comes from that space. I also think that uh, it's not a comfortable space for a lot of people because the mind likes to fill that space really, really fast and kind of chat over it. But I think your power lies there. So I'd love to explore that a little more and 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 what your understanding when you talk about potential is, because to me, that is my happy place. Yeah, yeah. No, I appreciate that. Uh, one of my favorite teachers and writers, Octavia Butler, the American writer, uh, she says, consider you're not born with purpose or you're born with potential. <sighs> And I really, I really dig that. So yes, you know, some of the ways that I think about it and sometimes talk about it in my work is 
One thing that seems resourceful for a lot of the folks that I work with is I'm relating to life as a, a child scientist, which we are, <laughs> um, or at least we have been before. And in many ways, we're returning to some of those skills of uh, wonder, of awe, of curiosity, of experimentation. Because at the end of the day, it seems that we are like what we're in proximity to and we are what we experiment with, like what we practice. So sometimes the people I work with, they get tired of me saying, you know, at the end of our conversation, or I'll say, all right, so what's the small experiment you're going to do in the next couple of weeks, you know, based around this conversation we had around courage or whatever. And then they'll name something and then we'll check in and then they do an excellent experiment and they do another experiment, do another experiment. And so one way that I invite people into a conscious relationship with potential and potentiality is um, from a place of experimentation. If you want to figure out your next career or you're looking for a new job um, and there's an inkling of some things that might be involved with that next job, you get to conduct a small experiment. <laughs> um, you don't need to do anything large. You don't have to quit necessarily. You don't have to whatever. If you're looking for a new relationship or looking to fall in love or build some type of a, what's a small experiment that you might conduct um, given who you're in proximity to? And I find that the language and the approach to life from experimentation seems a lot, it seems super conducive to um, discovery because we lower the stakes. Um, sometimes we realize the risks we've told ourselves, like there's such great risks in, in leaving the familiar. Well, if we lower the stakes and think of it as experiment, we get to learn, we get to iterate, and that's life. <laughs> and so that's one way that I start to invite people into the conversation as a starting point. I love that. And then you're also, you're bringing in the element of play, the element of curiosity, the element of discovery. You're getting out of that sort of pass-fail mentality that so many of us have been raised with right? That it's, I got to go in, it's all in, it's got to work It's or it's not going to work rather than it's an experiment. I'm feeling it out. I'm figuring it out. And you're also, I think too, letting people play in almost a more comfortable feel because sometimes I think when we're making a big change or we're changing up the patterns of how we do things, which is always, which not always, but it can be really scary. I know for me, those little experiments are so powerful because you're getting feedback and you're feeling into it. And as you take a few steps forward and you realize you haven't fallen off the cliff, then you're a little more comfortable taking a few more steps, right? And so you can grow into new places that way without that kind of all or nothing, you know, I need to know now kind of way of thinking. 100%, 100%. My wife and I, we moved from New York to Los Angeles a year and a half ago in the midst of COVID. People were like, why? Like what? In LA, like why of all places? And I often say, I mean, there are some aspects about this place that drew us, of course, but I will say it really was the spirit of adventure. <laughs> and then it's a, and it's an, it is an experiment. Yes. Um, so there are big ways that we can relate to this. There's small ways we can relate to this. Um, however we relate to it. Yeah. I mean, there is an element of play that for some of us can be a resource. I'd say for all of us, right, can be a resource to complement all of our incredible, logical, serious, hard skills, so to speak, that we've been conditioned to. Did you feel into the, and just FYI, most of the listeners know this, but uh, kindred souls, because I just did the same thing. I just moved from Connecticut to San Diego just about a year ago. So big, <laughs> big life shift after my entire adult life on the East Coast. I'm originally from the Midwest, but. Amazing. Where in the Midwest? Uh, Michigan, awesome. Detroit. Awesome. So yeah, 
which was a cool place to be, but it's very gray in the winter. So won't be doing that again. But yeah, I know for me, and I talk about this a lot, it was a choice long in coming, meaning I was getting the intuitive whispers for a long time that a move was coming, that a shift was coming. And I listened and I kind of expanded into it without, you know, and then the time that I knew I was moving to California, it was quick. It was the summer of 2020 and I bought my house in March of 2021. So that was actually the soonest that it could happen because of everything being shut down. But the whispers for me were were coming a long time before then so that when I took the plunge, everything kind of made sense. But I'd love to know your process just because you did something similar. I mean, these are big decisions. And I know a lot of times people are are looking into big decisions. Sometimes they're looking into small decisions. But anyway, I would love to know your process. Yeah, I'm big on... So I mentioned earlier in the beginning when talking about alignment that I talk about it as a kind of listening with life and a partnering with life. One of the main group coaching experiences that I lead and also communal learning communities that I lead is called Coherence. Um, and I talk a lot about Coherence. I know a lot of many, many other people do as well, but literally cohering <laughs> with life, like literally listening with life is something I'm big on. I love that. And so we get to pay attention to signs. We get to pay attention to omens, synchronicities, choose your word that resonates with you. We get to pay attention to the gestures that affirm a desire, a vision, an impulse outside of ourselves, be it that email that you just happened to get today that seems perfectly like, oh my gosh, like I've that invitation, that person that you bumped into, like on the street, those types of choose your word, synchronicities, omens, signs, serendipitous happenings. To me, when in moments of transition, like big change, and there's a process of awakening or homecoming that we're in the midst of, those to me are some of the hugest assets and resources to to affirm, propel, and also just encourage one to take some experiments um, and take a leap and move. So for me, and like the biggest changes I've made in my life, including when I've moved across the country or when I've started even my own coaching practice, like those are all, those were all led by my own vision, my own intending, and also my responding to signs (laughs) that I would receive because the signs are always present. There's one perspective that suggests that Guidance is always available. And the question becomes like, what are we perceiving? Like, what, right. um, and when, what are we not perceiving? So it starts with the curiosity and what, if guidance were available to me right now, like, where might it be? I love that question. I believe our guidance is always there. It doesn't go away. And the more we agree to listen to it, the more we hear it, right? The more you know it's there, the more you see it and the more you cooperate with it. But it's always, 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 always there for everyone. Yeah. This is my firm and complete belief. It definitely has been my experience. And I have yet to experience a client that I don't see as being guided. I mean, we guide ourselves on some level. The highest, highest part of ourselves is always along for the ride. Yeah. And co-creatively too. I sorry to interrupt this, but co-creatively, like I don't think we're having a conversation about being passive and waiting for our lives to magically like fix itself. Oh no, nothing's broken. First of all, second of all, like this is a a dance. Amen. (laughs) Yeah, and just a um, like you have an intention. You get to name that intention. You have a vision. You get to name that vision, or or find space, create space to bring clarity to that, and then from there, right, the dance begins. Absolutely. It's an active posture. You're here with your free will and the way that I understand it, and this may even be what you're saying, but the way that I understand it is, you know, I'm here on this awareness 
there's a part of me that's bigger than my small mind. And I want to align with that. I want to cooperate with that. And I want to dance with the flow of life, right? I want to follow that rhythm, that current, because that is also part of who and what I really am. And the more I align with that, you know, the more I'm living in harmony, peace, joy, all of the things that, that we all chase and crave, it's there. It's just about aligning with it and letting it work through you. Yeah. Something that I love about this work is, you know, we might describe some of these things we're talking about as like spiritual muscles. And I love that in this work, we get to combine the spiritual with other domains of being like another domains of conscious practice. So there's spiritual muscle, be it intuitive or whatever we're talking about here. There's also this thing called skill, right? (laughs) And we get to also fortify our skills to actually get after our visions too, which I'm excited about. Like someone may say, I got a sign that I should reach out to this person about a career opportunity or a new relationship, whatnot, but I don't know how to, or how do I decline this job or this relationship that I'm in? How do I get out of this thing? And, and then we get to talk about skills yes, <laughs> around making requests or yes. just how we communicate and how we have difficult conversation. Like we get to bring in skill building in this work too, and strategy too. So I, I guess I feel compelled to like welcome all of the resources we have available to us. Oh, yes. You mean when we're being human, we have to um, <laughs> take into account there's a human world that we need to interface with and we need to know how to do it like that? <laughs> yes. Yeah, like, oh, right. There are other people like in my reality. I forgot about that. Yeah. Right? I use my intuition for that too, my friend. I use my intuition for everything. You know, any question that I have, show me, teach me, guide me. And then of course, yeah, you have to take action and you have to follow those nudges. It's not that you just lie back on, I mean, this is a great thing to do, but you just lie back on the raft and, you know, bake in the sun and just wait for everything to happen. Although I would do that a lot. That's actually a really nice place to be, (laughs) right? Uh, It doesn't have to be hard. I believe more and more it gets to be easy, but yeah, Yeah, there are things, there are things that we get to do. And I just, I think about it in terms of inspired action, right? When I'm taking inspired action, I'm listening to my inner guidance. I'm aligning with my soul, aligning with life, whatever words you want to use. And then the action comes from there, whatever it's going to be, it comes from there. And to me, that's just the easier way to work with the flow. Because I think the mind often wants to make things really difficult. But when we are leading from the soul, leading from our intuition, the mind becomes the tool. And it's a great tool. I mean, I've honed my, I have a lot of education. So I've honed that tool very, very well. I've, I got three advanced degrees, but you know, I don't, I don't lead with those. I'm happy to have them. It was part of my journey and I know some stuff, but my brain actually works better when I let my intuition, you know, tell me, you know, where that information is and when I try to find it and lead from it. So anyway, that's how I live my life. Beautiful. It's not for everyone, but it it is that balance. Spirituality isn't just checking out necessarily for most of us and and living in a hut somewhere and meditating 24-7. I'm sure that is the life plan of of some human beings, but not most of the people that find their way to me. And I know it's not mine. Yeah, same, same. Like I, again, like love rest, love replenishment, love restoration. And there's some people who are here to be monks, perhaps, and they're Others that are here to um, engage the world a bit more explicitly. It's all, we're all doing our part. Absolutely. So a question that came to me before DDA is what about when people are motivated or guided, not from the signs, not from the inspiration, but from the hard stuff, right? Life is uncomfortable. Like I'm, I'm finding so many challenges here and yet I keep walking through, you know, the image I have is you're, you're kind of going through the jungle and all of a sudden like the trail is gone and, and you have to hack your way through 
What about the people that, you know, are facing those kinds of situations? What would you say to them, right? Maybe they're not seeing the signs or maybe the hardship they're wondering, am I, am I going the wrong way? Is that a sign? That's the question yeah. that came through. Yeah. Yeah. No, I appreciate that question. Yeah. There are a couple of ways that I respond to that. One is just using the language of alchemy and another is engaging some of the work of uh, another teacher, Michael Beckwith. So yeah, in, in the world of alchemy, you know, we, we say that if we want anything to alchemize, like if we want to transform something, like I want to transform my situation, I'm trapped in this jungle. We need at least three things, right? There's a container, a substance, and fuel. Okay. <laughs> and, and the container or the crucible in many instances of our lives, like the most difficult, painful experiences of our lives end up being the most powerful crucibles we've ever encountered. Like this this incredible, painful experience, I got lost. I was what actually I, in retrospect, I realized was a portal was, was actually something that, that actually I needed or totally catapulted me into this next. So, um, one, I just invite the possibility of just thinking about our challenge and most challenging moments as portals of possibility and just see how that sits and what that might mean for you. Michael Beckwith, uh, another teacher that, you know, is loved by so many, including me, he says, um, you know, we have these moments of pain. We're trapped in the jungle. We're trapped. We have trials. And he says that the pain of those experiences, the pain pushes until the vision pulls. And that really resonates with me. I love that so much because we're lost. We're hacking our way through the jungle. We're lost. We don't know. We want to know. Painful, painful, painful experience. There is a vision that's available. People talk about the white light or the light at the end of it, whatever. Right. Vision is available. Vision is what gets us through. And until we can see, and, and I'm using that word and what it like, we can see, right? Our eyes close or whatever. What liberation means and feels like, what it will feel like, what it will look like, like what, what is that? That is what will be the guiding force. That's your machete. Wow. Um, and so that's an encouragement to not only um, consider our most challenging experiences as crucibles, as, as portals of possibility that actually end up becoming gifts, provisions, you know, for us. What if this trial right now is a provision? If this, if this were a provision right now, what might it be a provision for? And consider that a vision is available and can bring you through. So I encourage folks constantly, continually to create some visioning space for themselves. I don't mean a vision board. I mean, that can be helpful. <laughs> um, but I, I'm talking about like a continual, regular practice day to day. What is my embodied picture <laughs> and embodied dream for the free, liberated life that I long to live? That is what gets us through, I find, more often than not. I love that. And give me the phrase again, because my brain lost it, but it's so beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is Michael Beckwith. He says, pain pushes until the vision pulls. Pain pushes until the vision pulls. I just want to lock that one in. It's so beautiful. And I would say too, but I'm, I'm curious what you think. I would say too, there are times when you haven't found the vision yet. It's there. It's there. And so for me, those are the faith moments. Those are the moments when you're like, okay, the pain is pushing the vision is coming. The vision is coming. Show me, show me, show me, show me. And you hold the faith that it's there. Beautiful. And that to me keeps the door cracked open, right? Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I mean, we could think of that as faith. We can think of that as yeah, conviction. I mean, yeah. I feel convicted in my heart, you know, that, that the life that I long for is, is here. Right. And so, yeah, that, that's available for us. We have all these resources. Amazing. huh? Yeah. 
Absolutely. Do you know what I love about talking to you is you and I have completely different words. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. No, but it's it's really cool because... Well, we're speaking the same language with different words. Exactly. It's a multilingual conversation. Yeah, it, it is, exactly. I think it's so important to recognize because I always say with, with spiritual teachings or all teachings, I think everything, I love the spiritual bent. And again, that's not the word for everyone, but most of my listeners like that word and are really comfortable with it. But I think with all these teachings, it's it's what it awakens in your heart. And there's going to be different pointers. There's going to be different language. There's going to be different verbiage. And I was just talking to a friend last night who um, I've known for a really long time. And I used to do a book group years ago in Connecticut. And she was part of the very, very, very beginning of that. And I remember early on reading, you know, different, it was a spiritual book group and reading different books and well, this person uses this word and that person uses that word and they're contradictory. And, and a part of me would know when they were not, right? And so again, you don't get hung up on the words. Like I love this conversation because we're saying the same thing through our different languages and it gives listeners the opportunity to find their own truth, right? And to know, don't get hung up on the words at all. What speaks to you speaks from between the words anyway. Totally. And this is also like, these are reflections. And like, so as a coach, my job is, I think it's this is what I'm hearing you point to, Victoria. Uh, my job is to hear like the music beneath the words people say, right? It's to hear the the song beneath the words, which is such a gift, which is why I love what I do. So yeah, I love that you're inviting folks to have a relaxed relationship with what we're sharing and, and language. And at the same time, yeah, like words are spells, you know, yeah, so yeah. we get to be intentional about them too. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it's true. I actually want to do a whole episode on this and it's been percolating because on the one hand, I love how Eckhart Tolle says words are pointers. They're just pointers. And, and I see that on the other hand, they're serious business and the words that you use and the words that you invest in and how you invest in those words i mean that creates how you understand life and how you interface with life and and how you create life so you it's it's, it's that delicate balance you want to be super respectful of the power of the word but don't get lost in it mm, yeah that resonates with me yeah so another one of those really cool paradoxes that you know our life works yeah. All right, my friend. I can't believe we've been talking as long as we have. And this has been so much fun. Yeah, yeah. I've been really enjoying the conversation. So I ask everybody on the show, what does intuition mean to you and how do you experience your intuition? So for me, I experience intuition primarily through the body. And when I say that, I mean like sensation. <laughs> right. And then that sensation just informs my perception and interpretation and yeah, like sometimes, you know, it's God bumps or, you know, goosebumps, as we say, right? Sometimes it's that. it's that, you know, and it's like, okay, like affirmation right? Or, or an experience that just feels enlivening. Like what is enlivening? What seems to be a, a source of power or something that animates responsible stewardship of power? Like it flows through the body for me. And so this is where language sometimes fails. <laughs> At least for me. Right. But yeah, that's that's one thing I'd say. I'm a musician. And so I also have a regular practice of cultivating just an intuitive sense. To me, like there's technical skill involved with the music making I do with all the instruments I use, where I'm using my my mind and you know, drawing upon memory and um, and a lot of it is getting to a place of combining that technical skill with an embodied 
intuitive uh, trust. So that's another way that I describe intuition, I guess, for me, is just embodied intuitive trust. <laughs> I love that. No, that's beautiful. And and music and just making music for me. That's, that's intuition. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I think a lot of us too, in creative endeavors and also to some extent in high level sports, those are the two places where I see where people are really more comfortable. Like it's more part of the language. It's more part of the understanding. I see people in the arts too, that have gotten totally left brained and, and kind of lose touch with it. But there's a lot of, I think it's, it's more acceptable. I mean, I, I think life is a creative practice, so you don't have to be making music to be exercising your creativity, but in those areas that we traditionally call creative, I think it's easier for people to find it because it's more part of the culture. Does that make sense? Totally. hundred percent. But you can live your life the way you're creating music. And I get the sense, my friend, that you already do. So it's just, it's just one of the ways in which you express that beautiful gift. I love it. Yeah. Thank you for that acknowledgement. Yeah. And I wouldn't say that your words fail you when you get the chills. I don't actually get the chills, but um, that's not one of my intuitive markers. But I love when my clients get the chills and when people get the chills, because you can't argue with the chills, right? right? I mean, you can, but it's a visceral knowing, you know, and you can't like give yourself the chills right now. Try that. Right? <laughs> you can't right. do that. When yeah. I receive messages in the form of words, that could be my words, right? Because I can put words in my head or you know, spirit can put words in my head and, and it can sometimes be a, a tricky dance to discern. I'm pretty good at it, but the chills you can't fake. And so I think when we listen to those kind of things, it can be so affirming and so powerful because you can't make it up. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, so I love the chills. I know. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. We get to just look at the evidence. Yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. It's the evidence of our lives that seems to be. Exactly. It's beautiful. All right. So tell me a little bit more practicality. What are some of the ways that people can interface with you, work with you, sharing your magic? Yeah, yeah. No, I appreciate that. So so I share a lot of writing and reflections and yeah, just teachings and provocations on Instagram. So you can find me there. It's just my full name. There's a double underscore like before and after my name. Okay. We'll have that in the show notes too. Yeah. It's just Didier Sylvain. Or DDA Sylvain, <laughs> you can find me there <laughs> on Instagram. And then, yeah, same thing, my full name.com. So you can find me there as well. Um, D I D I E R S Y L V A I N. And I share lots of other tools there too. Um, there's a card deck that I released last year for it was like an experiment, I'm talking about experiments, just in having folks work with tools for their own self discovery. And so, that was released last year. I'm releasing another one this year and intend to release a series of these. Um, so that's another resource, um, way that folks can engage and, you know, always just reach out if you'd like to talk. I love it. All right. We'll have all of this information in the show notes so you can find DDA there as well. DDA, are there any parting words or anything, other beautiful nuggets of wisdom you'd like to share with listeners before we sign off? Yeah, just gratitude. You know, I'm grateful for you, Victoria. Grateful for the invitation to chat. Really enjoyed it. And yeah, just a loving encouragement that for whoever is listening and in a moment of transition or conscious choice making or just looking for some support or guidance or just elevating your own leadership, like wherever you are. Yeah, just a loving affirmation for doing the work. And so thanks for being here. Thanks for being on the planet. We need you. Likewise. I feel the same way about you, my friend. Thank you so much. And thanks everyone for tuning in and letting me do what I love to do and have these wonderful conversations and have an excuse to connect with people like DDA. So thank you all too and namaste. 
Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope that you found joy, strength, inspiration, and clarity from today's episode. If you'd like to learn more and connect with an amazing group of like-minded souls, please join us over on Facebook in the Intuitive Connection Community Facebook group, where we explore these topics in deeper detail, have additional live teachings, and host Facebook Lives with our amazing guests. I hope to see you there. And of course, if you want to learn more about me or the work that I do, please check out my webpage, victoriashawintuitive.com. Thank you so much again and namaste. Hello, I'm Dr. Stephen Farber and I'm an author, teacher, psychotherapist, and shamanic practitioner. On my podcast, Healing for Your Soul, I welcome some amazing guests and introduce you to some healing techniques like earth magic, working with nature and animals, and really getting to the heart of what is keeping you stuck. I want to help you deepen your spirituality and let go of blocks that are holding you back. Let me help you in this journey called life. Part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network, Subscribe and follow wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode.